Good morning, everyone. It is the 15th of February, and I'm joined today by Richard Byrne, Alex Byrne, and Asim Kadri. Markets have largely continued their recent firm trend, and in the US, more than 80% of companies have been beating earnings estimates. The oil price continues to power ahead, and that's anticipating a recovery in demand. But the US Federal Reserve's chairman, Jay Powell, has promised patience, talking about maintaining loose monetary policy and certainly showing no anxiety about rising inflation. Now, Richard, we've heard a good deal recently about inflation and, of course, reflation, and both can provide a boost to the more cyclical areas of the stock markets. Have the value sectors continued the outperformance we noted before the US elections? We've seen a bumpy start to 2021 in regard to the more cyclical side of the economy. The reason, you know, if you have this massive disparity between the US and Europe is that Europe is far more GDP-led, far more an exporting economy. So with these cyclical rebound and this reinflation trade, you would expect these sectors to do quite well. And in the beginning of the year, we did see that. We saw value continue to trade trend that it had seen in, you know, the Q4 of 2020. And so value was doing quite well at the expense, of course, of growth and momentum. But the wheels kind of came off the track a little bit towards the end of January. But, you know, coming back into February, we're very, very much back on track in terms of where this story is leading. And really, you just got to look at the breakdown of the sectors. And, you know, again, comparing Europe and U.S., Europe has a much more heavier weight to financials and to energy. And of course, these two sectors alone will benefit very, very well from, you know, higher interest rates on a cyclical rebound. And compare and contrasting that with the US, the US, for instance, has 7% or 7.8% in industrials versus close to 15% in Europe and financials. And then compare that again with the US, it's 10%. So when you look at the breakdown between US and Europe, you do see this disparity and you do see an outperformance of value in terms of Europe when you do see these cyclical rebounds. And that story is starting to take hold in February. We did see sort of a rebound in growth, and this is primarily driven by the weight of information technology. And as you mentioned, earnings have been very, very strong, in particular in these growth sectors where information technology is such a heavy weight. Very, very strong earnings has continued to offer some high performance there. The story is starting to continue for value. That's very interesting and also very instructive, actually, as to the composition of those different markets. And Alex, in Japan, another great exporting economy, we've seen the main equity indices recovering levels not seen for 30 years. Hi, Laura. Yeah, that's correct. Quite extraordinary, really. So the price is now in the range where it was on the way up in the late 1980s, where Japan was in its zenith at the time. Um, There's a few reasons for that. So Japan's been far more resilient as an economy but also in just in terms of virus numbers to COVID. There's a few reasons for that. The first being that culturally, things like masks are far more acceptable. They tend to be in, in more Asian economies. The second thing is the strength and the balance sheets of Japanese companies are far more conservative. There's a huge amount of cash on Japanese balance sheets, which for a long time has been an issue with uh, the Japanese economy, but it's kind of paying dividends at the moment. And that's because of those lost decades that they had post that late 90s period. And the third thing is just geography. So obviously, as a developed market within Asia, it's been an area that's uh, been far stronger in the recovery, been far more resilient broadly to COVID. You think about the recovery that's happened in, in places like Korea and, and China and Australia and New Zealand. Those places have been far more resilient to COVID than other Western democracies. We have to take some caution. So Tokyo is the most populated city in the world, which gives you some sense of how successful the strategy has been at the moment. But we have had more recent states of emergencies, more recent lockdowns that aren't really in the numbers as yet as they are elsewhere on the world. They've only just began vaccinating this week, so they're a little bit further on the line. But as yet, the policy has been pretty successful. 
Going forward, the reason for the recent strength, the earnings have been very, very strong. We've had good GDP delivery this morning as well. There's good levels of valuation across a few sectors, but obviously some of the areas are pretty expensive. And also just the, the general strength that's coming from the US stimulus is providing some uplift to a lot of markets as well. Yes, indeed. And over in Europe, then, we saw the former ECB president, Mario Draghi, appears to have pulled together an Italian government. Could that hold? Yeah, so the market seems pretty positive. The kind of Super Mario effect has helped both bonds, but also there's been pretty strong performance from equities as well. So bonds versus bonds is the benchmark or the tightest they've been in five years. The key positive, I guess, for Mario being in place is two things. The first thing is it curbs that chances of early elections, which is a massive positive for the market. It removes that uncertainty. The second thing is that he's now in place to manage that $220 billion from the, the COVID recovery plan, which seems like a far more astute person to be in place with the history that he's got in places around Europe. The expectations are still pretty high. So where they can go from here, there's still a lot that now needs to be delivered rather than expectations. But there's still a lot of unknowns with his premiership as to how he's going to deal with some of the more structural problems in Italy. So we've had the expectations in this big bang, but now the real work kind of starts. Indeed. And talking about high expectations, the emerging markets have outperformed over recent weeks, particularly the Asian markets. And this is a sector we've recently increased our weighting to. Asim, could you give us a few highlights here? Yeah, sure. So there are a number of reasons underpinning this strong performance and I guess the increasing investor optimism we've seen over recent weeks towards emerging markets. So firstly, you know, emerging markets are traditionally seen as a barometer or proxy for global risk appetite. So therefore, the positive recent news regarding vaccines and the increased expectations of a global economic rebound this year have really fueled a risk on environment, and that's benefited emerging markets more than developed markets. Secondly, the outcome of the US election was also deemed to be positive for emerging markets, and you know, that it should in theory, really to calmer relations between the US and China, and also potentially further weakness in the US dollar, which could be a big tailwind for EM equity this year. And finally, we've seen a rise in quantity prices over recent months, and that's really helped quantity dependent countries within Latin America in particular. So there really are a combination of factors that seem to be creating a bit of a perfect storm for EM equity. Although, of course, whenever there is a strong market consensus on any asset class, then any negative catalyst could result in sharp downturns, you know, particularly when you consider that valuations are definitely stretched compared to history. So despite there being called for optimism with regards to EM, a degree of caution certainly is still warranted, I would say. Yes, we'll watch that one very closely, I'm sure. So in the week ahead, we have President's Day in the US today. That means markets are closed. But later on in the week, we have US retail sales. And that's a, a very closely watched figure, given the importance of the US consumer. I think the markets there are looking for December's weaker figure to be reversed again. China, we've still got the Lunar New Year holiday until Thursday. And we also have some some big earnings numbers, big companies reporting there. Baidu in particular, I see many expectations there. Yeah, so we have Baidu reporting. Baidu is a leader in the Chinese search industry and has demonstrated really strong performance over recent weeks amid the strength in the tech sector. And yeah, we expect it to really some further strong figures on Wednesday with regards to its Q4 earnings. And what's on the radar in Europe then, Alex? There's quite a few bits in Europe this week. European I, which may be something of a turning point, something to look for. So it's one of the first times where there's a potential for the services side to be pretty strong. And um, we've had significant weakness on that side. And it's really been manufacturing that's been strong for a period of time now. And the final thing, we get minutes from the ECB as well, which will give us a little bit more insight into some of their thinking. But I don't expect much change on that side of things. And PMIs, I think, coming through globally from US and Japan, Eurozone, as you say, it should be an interesting week. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank you. Thanks, Lorna. Thank you, Lorna.